0: So, apparently, USC football recruiting decided to take the weekend off? You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching me on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free. And I appreciate your support. You can show your appreciation, especially if you're watching on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that thumbs up. Both. Both of those contributions mean a whole heck of a lot to the show. And because I know you don't want to miss one episode, hit the bell notification. That way you know Monday through Friday where to be. And this episode of Locked on USC is brought to you by FanDuel. Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com forward slash locked on today and you can get started. All right. So what I said at the top of the show about USC football recruiting, taking the weekend off, that's not entirely accurate. A little bit of hyperbole thrown in there. Wake you up after the weekend. Uh, There was actually a, a visitor Um, that was on campus over the weekend. And I'll I'll talk about that in a little bit. But first, um, compared to the the last few weekends in June, um, I would say that this last weekend of official visits, uh, fairly quiet. I mean, even chief operating officer, um, you know, Lincoln Riley's right-hand man, Dave Emmerich, I think he's the general manager, Uh, He even found time to uh, get in his, find his Sunday vibe, that mood. He he took a picture from uh, Lincoln's lair, kind of overlooking the Pacific Ocean. It was getting close to sunset, but uh, really beautiful. Anyways, uh, USC football recruiting has been, as you know, especially if you've been following this show, and you better be following this show, it's pretty much been kicking butt and taking names during the entire month of June, so much so that when the month started usc's uh recruiting class the ranking was somewhere in the low teens and it it is spiked in fact it got all the way as high as the number six rated class uh going into this weekend this past weekend uh but there was a couple of moves that were made with other programs during the weekend and so you know how things kind of jostle up and down well usc kind of dropped so the trojans according to on three the last time i checked uh, which is about an hour and a half ago uh usc's recruiting class in 2024 has the number seven rated class nationally using their cumulative, cumulative scoring system um so my everyday listeners will attest that uh that i've been what i what i'm about to say i've been saying for a while now that USC is going to have a top five class before the end of the month. Um, that's, it's almost a foregone conclusion. And I'm going to stand by that prediction because depending on, you know, what time you're watching or listening to this episode of Locked On USC, uh, you, the Trojans may very well be a top five class. Uh, Millikins, wide receiver, Ryan Pelham. Um, Again, depending on what time you're watching this episode, i made my prediction and I'm going to go over those predictions here shortly uh, for those that weren't able to hear it. Um, Ryan Pelham, he chose or he's going to be choosing USC over the Oregon Ducks program as well as a host of other programs, but it was USC and Oregon in his final two heading into the weekend. So by the end of the week, Um, USC's class of 12 scholarship commitments is, it could explode to as many as 17. So right now, USC is standing at 12 commitments in their 2024 class. That number could jump as high as 17 by the end of this week, if each of those predictions that I I made actually come to fruition. Now, again, I wanna apologize for the last episode on Friday Uh, I had a weak Wi-Fi signal towards the beginning of the show for some reason, and a few of you asked me if I would repeat what I said. Well, your wish is my command. So here are the predictions again, real quickly. Um, I mentioned Ryan Pelham, the wide receiver from Millican High School. I feel very confident that he's a Trojan because someone, either him or Oregon, they canceled his trip up to Eugene that he was supposed to take this past weekend that we just came out of. So unless something happens between then and Monday, uh, you can now meet USC's newest wide receiver, 12th commitment, class of 2024, rock solid. On Tuesday, the 27th, defensive back Marquise Gallegos, West Hills Um In fact, both he and Pelham were scheduled to go up to Oregon for their official visits over the weekend both canceled or somebody canceled on them as I, as I mentioned neither made it up to duckville and so ryan pelham gets monday to himself as of right now and it looks like Marquise gallegos will become usc's 14th commitment uh, so ryan pelham was number 13. Marquise gallegos becomes number 14. and If he commits to USC, that would be the Trojans' 11th commitment in the month of June. There's still a few more. Wide receiver, Draylon Miller. He's scheduled to make his announcement June 29th. Look, Lincoln Riley loves to recruit wide receivers. He loves the state of Texas. And I think we're about to hit a run of commitments out of the state, out of the Lone Star State. Draylon Miller on the 29th, I believe that's a Thursday. The day after, Friday the 30th, we can anticipate Ty Anthony Smith, the linebacker and his, and Draylon's good friend, to make his announcement. Miller has said on mul- multiple times that he and Ty Anthony are gonna be playing together in college. So I'm sticking with my prediction, both of those guys are going to USC. Because uh, Draylon is, when you when you look at the the the, the tea leaves, Draylon's being hot bothered pursued by USC and Texas A&M um, and LSU. Kai Anthony Smith is being recruited by USC and Texas A&M, but not LSU. Everyone kind of anticipates it's a USC versus LSU battle for Draylon Miller. You guys figure it out. And then also on the 30th, Braylon Connolly, defensive back out of Texas, is also uh, anticipated to make his announcement. This one, everyone's kind of leaning towards USC. I'm not so sure. Only because there's a couple other guys out there and USC, I don't know where they're gonna make room, but what about Xavier Brown, modern day? You got Sione Lole, uh, the JC defensive back up there at San Mateo. So we'll see. I mentioned that there was a visitor over the weekend. It's true. Um, I'm not sure when he plans to have but defensive lineman David Palepali, Um, six foot two, three hundred pounds, defensive lineman. He took a visit to USC over the weekend, <laughs> and now because USC has always been a dream school of his, he's got a serious decision to make because before it was between Penn State and Michigan. Now he has to decide, does he want to play against USC at one of those, at one of those programs, or does he want to play against every program in the Big Ten and play at USC? I think it's an easy decision. Eat your cake, have your cake and eat it too. Go to USC, play all those programs. He's only uh, rated as a three-star, but again, what is my rule? Don't worry about the star rankings. Look at the programs that are offering. Well, um, Florida, Notre Dame, pretty much every program in the Big Ten. I mentioned uh, Michigan and Penn State. Ohio State offered. Again, it's not about the stars, it's about the programs. So while the weekend itself was quiet, um, comparing it to USC's month of June. Uh, and again, we're, I'm talking as far as commitments and here, you know, seeing any of the victory bat signal, victory salute bat signals being waved up there in Twitterverse, none of that happened over the weekend. But again, this week, USC should be making a lot of noise and I'm sticking with my prediction. Top five class for sure with the caveat unless something really strange and out of the ordinary happens between now and uh, the end of the week. Baseball season is here, it's in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, yeah, If you're a new customer, you're going to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's what to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And if you're a Dodger fan like I am, chances are your first bet isn't going to win because Dave Roberts is the manager. Somehow or another, this team finds ways to win in spite of him. So I need you to head on over. Go to FanDuel.com forward slash locked on to join today. That way you're not going to miss out on your chance to snag a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you've joined FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com forward slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Now, If you're a fan of golfing, you know know the term mulligans. Well, are there mulligans in recruiting? I think there should be, and I think there are. So, there was a time when USC led for the number one quarterback in the nation in his recruitment, Dylan Raiola. He ended up choosing Georgia. There was a time not too long ago. Like... Less than two weeks ago, when USC led for the number one rated running back in the 2024 cycle out of Texas, Taylor Tatum. Well, in the last couple weeks, uh, Tatum has since, apparently he's fallen in love with the Oklahoma baseball program. Uh, apparently that baseball is his first love. So now USC is in a, it's in a I almost want to use the word awkward position, trying to make sure that Taylor truly understands USC's baseball history and tradition. I mean, they've got 12 national championships, more than any other program in the country. And yeah, the last time they won it was in 1997, 98. Um, USC's not out of it. They just gotta gotta work a little bit harder. They gotta kind of remind Taylor why he was why he was he felt so strongly about USC just a couple weeks ago. But assuming that Taylor Tatum stays closer to home, remember he's from Texas. He decides to head on over to Oklahoma. DeMarco Murray, running back coach, also really good friends with uh with Taylor's father. So running back coach at USC, Kyle McDonald. Now, he and Lincoln Riley are going to have to work a little bit harder on this one. But again, assuming that they lose out on this battle, who should USC go after? And neither the quarterback or the running back position in this class, and I'm using finger quotes, needs another commit. But they would like one. They want one. Big difference between need and want. Um, I think the staff really do, does want another running back in this class, though. So quarterback, maybe the transfer portal. As far as running back, look, USC, they had an opportunity to get Nathaniel Palmer. I mean, he was literally at the point of committing. He was ready to commit. Um, He took two unofficial visits to USC. So um, that's on his own dime. But because USC felt so strongly um, in the position they held with Taylor Tatum after his visit, uh, Palmer ended up committing to TCU. And if recruits here, they they, they they feel the vibrations. They've got their ear to the ground. They know what's going on. They're part of chat groups. So I'm not sure for whatever reason, USC staff, they showed they didn't prioritize uh, the running back out of modern day, highly regarded, by the way, Nate Frazier. So. Assuming they can't get back into Nate's good graces, um, you've got a uh, running back up in Seattle at O'Day High School. His name's Jason Brown. Right now, UW, Washington, and Oregon, they seem to be battling for his for his signature come letter of intent day. Should Coach Kyle McDonald, should he start pushing? Get involved? Is it too late? I mentioned uh, Nate Frazier. We'll find out if he, if USC can um, get back into uh, his graces and kind of explain to him why he was in their pe- where he was in their pecking order. But another name maybe to kind of look out for, and this is according to We Are SC's Scott Schrader, uh, Kyle McDonald, and athlete four star athlete. His name's Derek McFall out of Tyler, Texas. Uh, they've been communicating a lot lately texas a&m right now is the leader for uh Derek's services but maybe that's because usc hasn't even offered yet and i use the term yet and if you ask uh young man mcfall he would tell you that yes sir i'm talking with usc but they haven't offered my interest though is very high they need to wake up i'm a game changer For real, end quote. Look, if anything, the young man exudes confidence, and you know USC's uh, running back class in twenty twenty four right now, it's Brian Jackson out of Texas. He's a good one, but I ask you know, is it does USC need another running back class? Another running back in this class? Probably not. They want another one. Reminder, USC, they brought in two freshmen in 2023, in that that cycle, and they were both at spring camp. But both of those guys are, you know, they're going to be playing behind Austin Jones this year, as well as Marshawn Lloyd, the transfer from South Carolina, as well as Darwin Barlow from Texas. So... And don't forget, you're going to get a little bit of Regalique Brown playing back there in, in certain running in in certain packages at running back. So, is it a necessity to bring in a second running back with Brian Jackson? Absolutely not. Um, but if the staff feels it is, look, we've got a couple names out there uh, that we're, that I just mentioned. One, you can get some more details. Head on over to wearc.com. Uh, Jason Brown is another name up there in Seattle, O'Day High School. <clears throat> so we'll see. Uh, if necessary, and neither one of those guys end up at USC, you know, again, if the staff feels they need one, they can hit the transfer portal. And it's really, it's still hard to believe that USC offered four quarterbacks so far in this cycle, and none of them chose USC. Just a reminder Julian Sand, who won the, uh, the Elite 11 finals. He's from California. He's heading to Alabama. DJ Lagway, going to Florida. Dylan Riola, we know where he's going. Elijah Brown, modern day. U.S.C. offered late. He's going to Stanford now. <clears throat> Excuse me. Speaking about mulligans. Sometimes it's not the coaching staff who needs to ask a player for a second opportunity. Sometimes it's the recruit who comes back asking for another opportunity, for that second chance. Remember um, linebacker Dylan Williams, Long Beach Poly High School? Well, if you do remember that name, you'll remember that USC started out as the favorite in his recruitment. In fact, he was committed at one time. Quote, the thing was, I always wanted to go to USC. It's my dream school. So when USC offered, I knew that's where I was going. He was going there until he kind of got the feeling that the former defensive coordinator at USC, Todd Orlando, wasn't all that impressed with his film. Quote, I wouldn't even have an offer to USC right now had the new staff not come in. Coach Dante Williams was after me, but the old linebackers coach uh, looked at my film and he brushed me over. Coach Brian Odom, he came in and made me a top priority. I was a priority even when he was at Oklahoma. As soon as he and Coach Riley got here, they came to Poly and offered me. They They were at the school the same day after they got to LA, end quote. I've said it many, 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 many times before. Recruiting is a constant, fluid motion. As you can see, the tide has shifted. I don't know what happened. Starting to get a little bit of background information. I'll bring that to you. Maybe on another episode of Locked on USC later this week. So we'll see how this one plays out. But this would be a major, major score for USC uh, he's, and even though it's the dead period right now, coming in, we're, we're heading into the dead period. Once that, once it ends, he's planning to take an official visit to, uh, USC in July. Good news. So number one, why is this a huge, why is this a major score for USC? Well, it, number one, it reopens that poly pipeline. Long Beach Poly still produces a lot of great talent uh secondly it's going to make oregon really mad because they kind of feel like he was theirs to lose well you might be losing them and third and more importantly usc could potentially have end up with three elite linebackers in their 2024 class we know they're they're hot after uh st john bosco Kingston Viliamu Asa, We know they're anticipating a commitment from Ty Anthony Smith. Let's get Dylan Williams, make that a trifecta. By the way, just a quick reminder, Kingston just got back, or he's finishing his trip to Ohio State. We'll see how that ends up. Uh, It's getting close to crunch time for him. A couple other real quick recruiting notes before we get out of here, well, into our next segment um i i mentioned at the top that it was a quiet weekend mm, not really heading into the weekend the trojans brought on a preferred walk on tight end his name's cameron woods he's out he's from long beach and this guy didn't even start playing um tackle football until his senior season in high school <laughs> but he's an, a really big athlete he played basketball also He was part of the 2020 recruiting cycle. He graduated from Brentwood High School in Los Angeles. And when he took up football, that's his senior year, he finished with 17 receptions, 382 yards, and seven touchdowns. A couple of those touchdowns, they uh, went for 78 and 79 yards. Okay. He also played defense, 44 tackles, 34 of them by himself. And 10 was also tfls tackle for loss six sacks a fumble recovery a forced fumble two pass breakups i'm not going to i didn't confirm any of that i found that on the internet if that's true okay something to work with uh out of out of high school he enrolled at cal poly san luis obispo he played football as well as basketball so as i said that sounds like a heck of an athlete hell of an athlete let's see uh Let's see what the coaching staff does. Let's see what side of the ball he ends up on. Tight end? Maybe Sean Newell wants him. Maybe Roy Manning wants him. We'll find out. All right, so Monday's Morass. Typically, every Monday on wersc.com, I publish an article called "My Monday's Morass." It's it, it's a it's an article that wonders about how the past week's game turned out, or may have turned out, it, when we ask the rhetorical question, "What if dot dot dot?" So there were no games over the weekend, but you know it's heading into the dead period, July actually, at the end of June, and so while the players are going through their player um, player run practices, their PRPs, this is probably a really good time to uh, start asking about certain events, that what would have happened, what if this would have, for instance, so players are working out, getting ready for fall camp, fans, while I bring you that, you know their workouts. Let's talk about some what ifs. What if USC, two thousand two? Remember Pete Carroll's team that started the dynasty? They went to the Orange Bowl, knocked the snot out of Iowa. What if USC played Miami in two thousand two? Remember that two thousand two Miami Hurricanes team that lost to Ohio State in the national championship? Well that Hurricanes team was loaded with NFL stars. I mean, loaded. Um, Pete Carroll had a pretty good team that year, too. But I don't want to match up USC 2002 versus Miami 2002. No, 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 no. What if Pete Carroll's 2005 team, or 2008, you get to choose. USC, maybe one of USC's greatest defensive squads ever, 2008, the team that gave up less than 10 points per game all season, or the 2005, the team that had Matt Weiner, Reggie, Bush, Lendale, White, and the list just goes on and on and on. Who wins the game between Miami 2002 or, and you get to choose, USC 2005 or USC 2008. Which Which one of those teams has a better chance of beating that really good Miami team? Ohio State beat them with a field goal. I have an idea. I want you to give me some feedback. Tell me what you think. You know where to find me on YouTube. Hit me up on Twitter. Here's another what if. What if Pete Carroll was never hired? What if USC... Doesn't convert fourth and 19. Well, it was actually fourth and nine. It went for nine. <laughs> yeah. What if 55 to 24 never happened? I don't need to explain to Trojan fans what 55 to 24 is. There's a lot of what ifs out there. What if USC actually fought the NCAA harder, like everybody else did, would USC have been knocked for 30 scholarships? In other words, what if USC sued the NCAA instead of playing along, playing their game on, with their rules? What happens to USC football if they don't lose 30 scholarships over three years? what if USC never decides to move to the big conference in 2024 yeah and here's the what if for you what if Lincoln Riley wasn't hired in 2022 where is USC today that's a lot of what ifs for you huh it's not always it's not it's it, it, it's not necessarily something you want to look forward to but there's a lot of different scenarios out there. So give me give me your give me your answers to some of those what ifs. I'll be back with another episode of Locked on USC tomorrow. Cuz that's what we do. We come at you 5 times a week. So until that next episode of Locked on USC, which is tomorrow. Everyone, you know what to do.